then be treated. Okay? Y'all like that deep voice moment? I'm telling y'all I'm gonna be on praise and worship team because I got range. Um, so it is it is the fact that, you know. Hey, what's up and welcome to the Artist Exchange Radio Show. I am um I'm trying to get it together. Um I don't have the right lights, but the room that I'm in right now doesn't have a lot of lights because I can't see with this shit. This shit is blinding me um, at this point in life. Uh, and I'm um, like, literally, I can't even see the screen now. But um, I'm here, today's Friday. Um, we don't have a guest today. I just wanted to just go over some stuff that like I'm going through and uh, me and Moni was talking a little bit before, but um, this, um, I, I want to talk a little bit about stress right now. And Marty brought up depression, which is kind of like the culmination of stress not relieved. Uh, and I, I really, you know, I value mental health uh, a lot more than I ever did before because it's really taken a lot of inner strength for me to um, just deal with the day-to-day of being in a pandemic. I do live alone. I've, uh, thankfully, I've had a couple friends that have come and kidnapped me for the day. We just rode around or we went to a store and just it was just about to drive. Um, so I've really, um, I've had some opportunities to get out. And I, you know, in this week, I've had to say, hey, Nate, whoa, you're going to look too much. Bring that shit back in, bring it back the way you were, um, because I was getting comfortable because we have a horrible American reputation for just dealing with shit and moving on from it and not taking it as serious as we need to take it. And we are still in a pandemic. I don't care what a governor in Florida has decided to do. I don't care what a president has decided to do or many more so Republicans um, and us. You know, we are so, I've, I've seen so many people start businesses and feel this need to make money in this in this uh, pandemic, in the midst of this pandemic. And, I, and I'm understanding of it, but we still have to be mindful. We don't know what this is. And even the way they're testing for it now is starting to evolve. I think you can spit in a cup now and they test it versus them going up into your nostrils because that's not the only way or the best way to do it now. So we are learning new things from week to week. Not even, I can't even say day to day now, but from week to week, things are changing. You know, um, I just read a report where the, the shield mask, that clear shield mask that a lot of people have started wearing, those aren't as effective, but next week they're going to say something totally different. Um, I, I meant to send money, this clip that I had of, uh, this lady being, um, this lady being taken from a sports event. It looked like it was a children's sports event that she was in. And, um, she was refusing to wear her mask. Even the people that she was with, the adults and the children that she was with, they all had their masks on and they were all sitting together in a group. And she just refused to 
take off her mask. And some of the people that you could hear that, I think they were taping it or the people that were around the person that was filming it, uh, you know, because the cop that came was black, they automatically discredited his validity or his relevancy in, in arresting her because they put her in handcuffs. He had to tase her and put her in handcuffs to get her off the bleachers uh, and out of the sports arena. And people are making assumptions that, you know, these masks are just for closed spaces. But they, because this is said to be airborne, it's for all spaces. Most importantly, when you're in close proximity with people inside, you should definitely wear them, but you still practice at six feet. But even if you're outside, there are moments, like if I walk to the corner store, to the market, you know, if it's normally I've been going early in the day now, but most times I go at night uh, and it's normally nobody outside. So I'll walk, you know, till I get close to the place and then I'll put my mask back on. And I even, you know, I've tried to get more comfortable with wearing it. So I'll, you know, have two or three with me, you know, extra, just in case I'm outside for an extended period of time and I can switch it out because the stuff that's going on and, and just breathing and all that, it's, it's a lot, you know. So I need for us to take this serious in a way that uh, we can get through this while the medical professionals are, are discovering what this is and how to treat it and how to maintain it and suppress it. Um, a cure may not be in the, you know, in the near future, but we don't know. You know, we've already learned so much more about it that that I'm utilizing some of those things to keep myself safe with, whether it just be regular hand washing or, you know, how to have contact with people or limit the contact. But, you know, I was really strict up until a month ago, and I kind of let myself relax a little bit and, and live within this, um, whether it be, you know, I, I did Monty's show on Tuesday, and, you know, I was out, you know, I met a friend uh, at uh, the Lit, Be More Lit, the ice cream spot that's popular now, and I went to, you know, Michael's and to a shoe store. Like, I tried to get out and do things. But even that, I'm, I'm learning how to, if I do that, if I, if I do that, it's one day out of the week or so. And then I, I spend the rest of the days in the house just so I can have some balance. But I needed a semblance of normalcy so I could mentally be OK because I was in, in the house and I would try to, I'm on the third floor of my apartment building. So I would walk down the steps and my legs wasn't working right. So I needed to exercise and I've, I've gained a couple quarantine pounds. So I'm having to, you know, do things, talking with some uh, trainers right now and trying to figure out a routine that does not uh, equate to me going back into a, um, that doesn't equate to me going back to a gym right now um, and, and helping me kind of maintain it and, and get it back into the shape that I was getting into before this started. Um, I, I want to say, my first <clears throat> my first struggle is this, you know, online shopping and having everything delivered to our homes. Um, for me, uh, before, you know, outside of it being a financial uh, worry or concern, just 
what we're able to do. So I'm going to show you this. This is a great cookie container. Now, normally this container is like $15, $16 at the great cookie. But if you go online, it's only $10. And I was just, you know, trying to figure out some things to eat. And this popped up on the thing. And I was, okay, so it's in my presence. I mean, I bought it. Um, but I'm, I'm having to fight the, the, the urge to um, buy stuff like this. You know, Amazon, I, I laid off for that. <clears throat> um, and right now I limit myself to toiletries, cleaning supplies, um, and tools. And it, it's really, you know, I'm, I'm having to put myself on a strict budget and, and, and really be strategic about what I'm spending because I was not spending out of control, but you're getting everything delivered. And now everything online, they bumped up the prices for it. And you got service fees and you got delivery fees, shipping fees. So you're spending way more money than it is if you would have just walked or went to that store or whatever have you. Um, I'm really just, you know, trying to figure all this out. And I know for a lot of people, a lot of us, and I'm a person like that, um, I don't really deal with stress in my eyes normal because instead of me relaxing when I'm stressed, I actually add more stuff to what I'm doing. And if you kind of track the artist exchange in the first couple months of this, I was, I was in rehearsal for production that we were live streaming. I was doing these monthly readings of plays and it, I was doing maybe two of them a month, like every two weeks I would do one. Um, I was, I had started a Wednesday interview show where I was interviewing specifically people dealing with specialty issues. Um, I started doing more interviews. People were asking me to do interviews. So I was accepting more. I was doing one-on-one -on -one classes. I was still teaching. All of this stuff, I was trying to fill my plate up so it wasn't just me in this apartment by myself because I didn't feel comfortable yet uh inviting friends over and I, I don't have that home anyway but um I, I just didn't feel comfortable going anywhere or going out or any of those things and little by little i began to just let stuff go um and kind of clear my plate a little bit more so i wasn't so overwhelmed uh with adding stuff on plus what was currently going on and right now in this country we're dealing with two major things three we're dealing with a president that has no self-control or no remorse for his actions as it pertains to how it affects America at large. And if America falls, the world is surely going to be after it. And then we, we're opening ourselves up to a lot of um, issues because our reputation right now is not the best. And I'm speaking to friends that live abroad that live in other countries, both American and non-American friends that I have, and our reputation uh, around the world is not great. And it went from them laughing at us to them um, really on the verge of banning us from coming to their countries because of things like this. And we'll talk about it um, a little bit later, the state of Florida now opening up 100%, which means places like Atlanta, 
and New York are sure to follow. California, you know, California has been really good at maintaining. <clears throat> but there have been other states like New York initially was, and they shut down, and now they're trying to open back up. And Atlanta, you know, and a lot of us just disregarding what that is. And you know what? Before this started, I was trying to define the word mandate because a lot of people are um, misunderstanding what a mandate is. And a mandate isn't just like a classroom rule. It is, is an amendment to our law system or a, a, a rule that has not yet been made a law. Uh, and is normally dealing with safety or just protecting us. Like we are mandated to uh, wear seatbelts. And it has, I don't believe it's a law, but it is a mandate that we wear our seatbelts. And you can be ticketed if you don't comply with that law. And it, it's still, a mandate is still a law, it's just not, you know, uh, in concrete law, because normally mandates can be something that is temporary, but normally it's just an amendment. So they, so it's not the whole process of making something into a law, which can be very political and all that. But just like I just, I said seatbelts, seatbelts or smoking, those are mandates that have been, I believe, turned into laws. Uh, and they started out as mandates because it was to help save people. Secondhand smoke was killing people. People were being injured because they were either not wearing seatbelts or improperly wearing seatbelts. And I remember even as a child, seatbelts weren't necessarily, when you got in the car, put your seatbelt on. It wasn't, you know, or if it was a bunch of children in the back, all of us would get one seatbelt. You know, it, it, and mandates really help us to understand safety. I believe, you know, most of the mandates that I know of are really focused on safety uh, and, and keeping us out of harm's way. And I, I think we need to examine what that is because there are many people, and it's not just white people or Republicans, it's many people who don't feel that we should be wearing masks. It's so many clips now on social media or YouTube of people getting into arguments because they want to go into a store and they don't feel like they're wearing they don't feel like they should have to wear um, a mask on their face. And then we have the other end of that spectrum, which is really crazy because you have certain business owners. Sorry, I'm in a new space, so you now you can hear the outside world. But um, it really is it's strange because now you have business owners that don't believe in wearing masks that are now posting on their doors. You can't come in here if you have a mask on, which is crazy because right now that seems to be our only defense from you know passing this on to each other uh i don't understand what it it is you know i don't understand why people have such a big uh to do with it or they're struggling with it so much uh it's, it's really driving me crazy that we don't that we don't follow like simple instructions just to keep us all safe. And often it's not necessarily you being protected from other people. It's normally us being protected from you as an individual. Um, so that's one big issue, the, the pandemic. The second thing is 
this civil unrest that we're going through. And this is this has been a ticking time bomb for a number of years now, since social media has started to be a platform for people to repost or post these video clips of police officers doing bad things um, or being unprofessional or doing things outside of their job description in terms of how they're handling the community members, specifically black community members. Um, it is really, uh, it feels detrimental to me. It feels very uncomfortable. It feels very, um, I feel as a black man, I'm not safe. I feel very unsafe as a black man in this country because I don't feel like uh, I'm being protected. Um, and we're gonna ease this conversation into the Breonna Taylor uh, uh, story, but I, I really don't feel protected. And even within our black community, we're now fighting you know, women against men in terms of what the police are doing and, and our safety. And there's no, the lack of unity within our black community is going to be the detriment of us at culture because we can't even get on the same page to say all of our black lives matter. You know, we got these people over here that's fighting for women, black women. We got these people over here fighting for black men and black LGBTQ. And with, even within that is black trans people. You know, um, I, I really feel, and I'm gonna be transparent in this moment, and I, I'm hoping that it doesn't um, offend this person, but even my previous uh, uh, guest co-host that was coming on Fridays, our relationship is fractured right now because that person has belief systems that did not include me as a whole person and what I represent in this world. And that's a problem when we, people who look like each other, can't find a commonality as simple as, as simple as all of our black lives matter. Um, and that's not to say other races or cultures don't matter, but right now we are an endangered species and nobody is saying anything about it. And we are, you know, we're not even talking about the gentleman that kind of sparked this uprising within the pandemic. We're not even speaking his name anymore because now we've eliminated him and we're, on, we're back onto Breonna Taylor now. Not realizing all these people, this happened within a week and a half or two week time period. You know, and, and we, everything has become a hashtag or a cause to fight. And I, I posted something on my page a couple, uh, was it yesterday I posted it on? And I said that, unfortunately, uh, we've all been privy to this cliche uh, phrase that the revolution won't be televised. But in my opinion, it will be televised because all of these leaders within this struggle, within this movement, want their 15 minutes of fame. And I'm not going to say all of them because we have some really profound leaders in this that don't even want the spotlight. But everybody seems to be, you know, taking selfies with a, a megaphone in their hand and 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 uh, only posting when it's convenient or when there's speculation or when there's a, a hype or a, a, a trending hashtag. But if our lives 
it, it, it amounts to a hashtag that's, that's saying my life is much more valuable than a hashtag. And I think right now we have to find a way to to get our voices heard. And 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 that takes me to our third issue that's we're going through right now, and it's political. And yet all of these things are tied into each other. You know, uh, we have to get out and vote. If you haven't registered, I just went through the process maybe two days ago where I went online and I registered for my my ballot, uh, my my, um, my mail-in ballot, and it was very simple. Something that was puzzling to me, though, it, it said at the at the end of it, and I actually have it right here. It said at the bottom of it, um, they don't uh, they don't start sending out ballots until thirty to forty five days after before the election, which was a little weird to me. Um, and I don't want to cut the screen off, so I'm not gonna do that. Um, but there are many things that that in this moment I think we need to take a handle. And then with those three major issues, we are also struggling with depression. We are inside. You know, those of us that have children or have to be responsible for children, um, getting them acclimated to this new way of life and them not understanding that this is not a vacation, this is not uh, a snow break. This is real life happening in real time, and this new norm of virtual learning and virtual working, teleworking. It's really um, something that we have to um, take seriously because many of us are starting to feel the pressures of six months of this. Many of us uh, started our lockdown. Uh, for me, I remember my last day of physically being in a classroom working was on March the 13th, that Friday, that Friday the 13th. And us thinking that this was only going to be a couple of weeks and they would get a handle on this. And like, you know, a lot of the other illnesses that were kind of floating around and trending over the last 10 years, we will be back, you know, we out day-to-day -day life would not be interrupted. And here we are six months later, uh, still in a state of unrest, still in a state of, of a pandemic, still in a, a state of a quarantine. And I don't think people have really taken time to really examine. And for me, it has been uh, stressful trying to be normal in this and not feel and still get on this show and all the other shows that I, I talk on uh, platforms and and be normal. I notice how I post is different. Different. Everything I post is about politics or about civil rights or about ed the educational system. Um, and it's I have to force myself to infuse my art and my passions and my thoughts outside of those three major issues into it. And I, you know. I've been talking to a lot of people recently, and a lot of people are feeling uh, stressed. They're feeling um, they're feeling the effects of being in a pandemic or being in a house. Because many of us are still, you know, for the last month, I've gone out more. You know, at first, I would only go out to go to the market, and then 
um, I started, you know, saying, well, if I'm in the house, let me focus more on my jewelry, on some of my, my accessory line. So now it was going to the market and venturing out to the post office. Uh, and that went to, you know, taking a road trip. And I started releasing a little bit. And that's only been in the last month. Um, but I want us to focus on our mental health a little bit more. I know politics are very important. I know the civil unrest and civil rights movement is very important. I know working and maintaining your household is very important. Um, I know our health is very important. Educating our children, all those things are very important, but our mental health has to come first because a lot of people are complaining about not feeling like themselves. Uh, and even there are moments I feel like that. You know, there are things right now, health-wise, like I'm going through some major dental work, but because of this um, quarantine, they can't treat me like they would normally. So it's something that would have taken maybe two or three visits are now being stretched out over the next couple months because they can't have me in their facility for a certain period of time. You know, um, and it's it's stressful because I'm having to deal with this in time, you know, um, but mentally there are moments where I feel outside of myself. You know, um, I went to a funeral uh, maybe two weeks ago now and a really good friend of mine, Mr. Martique, passed away and it felt so weird, you know, even how we were able to we had to go inside. So instead of us being able to all go inside of the place and take out seats and, you know, venture into and maybe see the casket, we had to stand in a line that went from the casket all the way out of the building, or almost around the building. And we had to go in and then everybody couldn't be inside, you know, um, and then death has become a part of this. Because in the last two weeks, you know, my friend Martique passed away. Uh, my cousin, uh, my cousin just called me and told me her husband passed away. Um, a, a friend of my son passed away. Um, uh, a, another mentor of mine, her grandson passed away. Um, and my another friend of mine, her dad, like literally in the last week, there have been three, two weeks, there have been three funerals. This week alone, it's two, and then I still have one coming up. And it's dealing with death and dealing with the possibility that, you know, if you come in contact with the wrong person or the wrong surface or the wrong environment, you could catch it. And we don't know if no matter how healthy or not, if your body reacts to this in a certain way or you don't get treated in a certain amount of time, you could die from this. And, and even that is stretching just a little bit, but we, it has happened. You know, healthy people have gotten the symptoms that they say are symptoms, go to the hospital and, you know, perfectly fine this day. And then you hear they died a couple days later. So I think we're not taking into consideration what this has happened because this is not just social media. And my problem with a lot of the people who are the conspiracy theorists is many of them have not lost someone directly. You know, over the course of this, one, two, three, six deaths, not all of them related to COVID, but 
that's a lot for a six-month period. You know, in my family, every maybe 10 years or so, I lose somebody. We have to go to a family funeral. You know, I don't, I can't remember, you know, outside of uh, a couple friends of mine, parents passing away. I've never lost uh, a friend before. I've never lost a friend before. Um, and that, to this, like, I literally sleep with his obituary near my bed. And I normally don't do that. I normally don't bring home the obituary. I, I normally just, you know, take it in myself. But I, you know, right now, things are just falling out of our grasp. And, and we're not really uh, taking advantage of it. But I'm going a, I'm to a kind of end this conversation on that. But I'm going to talk a little bit about Breonna Taylor. This young lady, uh, this young lady wrote an open letter to Breonna Taylor. Um, uh, she wrote an open letter to Breonna Taylor, and it really spoke, I think, a lot of what many of us have been saying. It says, Dear Breonna, I have a sister your age, and every day I call myself giving her wisdom. Uh, that will preserve the days of her life. What happened to you makes me question that logic. You sleep, your sleep, you slept on the comfort of your bed, in the comfort of your bed, in the safety of your home, only to have your life taken with no regard. What do I tell my sister? What do I say to the little boys and girls who look to me for answers? We are hurting for you and your family. Beautiful murals grace the sides of buildings, basketball courts, and other places around the world. Not only do they reflect the face, your face, but they tell the, the suppressed stories of mothers and many of the countless individuals who have also been lost, who can only dream of holding their children. I'm angry that an unjust acquittal in 2020 has paralleled the devastating reality reminiscent of the September 1955 happenings of a young boy named Emmett Till. I'm sickened by the ramifications of a democracy built on the enslavement, imprisonment, and murder of black and brown people. I'm tired of black and brown children feeling the need to curtail the spaces in which they deserve, which they deserve to exist in. Yet a voice whispers, don't give up. So for you, Brianna, I will not only press on, but I will lift up, provoke, uh, I will, yet a voice whispers, don't give up. So for you, Brianna, I will not only press on, but lift up, provoke, encourage, lead, and stimulate the minds of our revolutionary children. Your life may have reached an untimely end, but your legacy will live for an eternity. I got you, sis. Peace. Candace Marcia. Uh, Candace Marcia, I was trying to find her on social media. Um, but she wrote this as an open letter to express her uh, feelings uh, about 
Breonna Taylor. And I think this is reminiscent of how many of us felt. And I think we all have that one person that has died at the hands of a police officer that we are stuck on. And many people right now, because Breonna Taylor is, she wasn't the last person for this to happen to. Uh, but I think the circumstances surrounding it made her story stick out that much more. Um, and it, it really saddens me that we're in a space right now where we can't uh, really, really express how we really feel. And I think this open letter kind of expressed it in a way that kind of sums it up, but it's much deeper than that. You know, I, I recall being, um, you know, for me, uh, it was Philando Castile. And that was the one individual that kind of made me feel numb about all this that's happening. And we have all these individuals that are um, leading our country into a really detrimental place. Because for many of us, um, I don't like our, our value seems to be missing or void. And many of these conversations that I hear from our political leaders. Um, just uh, the, the gentleman who presided over this case, um, his, res his response to the verdict as he was doing that press conference uh, and making a statement, it, it was very absent and very void. And it seems like the status quo, but we I think we, some <clears throat> Most of us have to look inside of ourselves and realize we are doing that in our own micro ways and in very micro uh, units. Um, and he is speaking from a place of his resume. You know, and many people are speculating his decision came not to further persecute or prosecute those officers because he is looking for some political gain in this. And then right after that, I don't know if they were accurate rumors, but their rumors started to surface that uh, President Trump, uh, still hard to say that, uh, after four years, uh, mm -hmm. is putting him on a short list of people to possibly replace Ruth, uh, Justice Ruth uh, Bader Ginsburg. And uh, to say that he made that choice so he could be looked at for such a position and, and understanding me starting to understand what this political system is and what it has gotten to, it scares me that you would pursue your aspirations career aspirations over the justice of another human being, over, over that life, the justice that is connected to the life of or lack thereof of another human being. All for your own political and career and financial gain, ultimately. Um, power corrupts. Ultimate power destroys. Um, and it's really said that we live in this country where um, that is um,
I don't I don't even know how to feel about this right now. I don't know how to feel about it. I don't know how to um I really don't know how to feel. I, I you know, myself and Marnie were talking before uh the show started and we um We were, we were going backwards a little bit. We were talking a little bit about just how we're feeling. And all of these things, I, I, I named those three big moments, uh, whether it be the pandemic, whether it be our Black civil rights, uh, whether it be our political system at home um, and, and, and being so close to voting, uh, it feels almost like um, we have no control. We have no value in this country. We have no, um, we have no say over our own, our own value, our own rights. You know, we're we're just in this, and many of us aren't really feeling the effects of. Um, I, I don't. I don't. I don't even know at this point. Like. What I want to say is, it's right on my mind, but because of what this feels like, I can't really express it in a way that I see fit. And that scares me because, um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't really know. I don't know what we're supposed to feel in this moment. I don't know what we're supposed to um I don't, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what I'm supposed to feel. Feel like. Um. I, I really don't. I just don't. I don't know. I don't. Um. I'm not because even for me, I'm. I'm trying some different um routines. I'm trying some different strategies. I'm trying some different um ways of kind of balancing myself. So, you know, on Mondays and Fridays, you know, at four, like 15, I'll jump in the shower, get myself together, kind of go over some things. Like I have a notebook in front of me right now where I'll write down and jot bullet points some conversations. And I've done this for the last six months now. And because of where we are in this country, everything that we deal with, everything that we talk about has to deal with Trump or the election or the pandemic. Uh, but mental health some kind of way gets into that. But I think a lot of us have been trying to just deal with this. And in the midst of us dealing with it, many of us are not um, effectively communicating or effectively really dealing with the stress of all of this. Um, and I don't know if Money wants to chime in now, but uh, I think we need to start saying it more. We need to start um, communicating more. We need to start opening ourselves up to 
expressing it. I'm, I'm not saying that everybody needs to go to therapy. Therapy is a great thing. I think we all need to find our way in it um, and find the best outlet for us. Some of us would do better in a group setting. Some of us would do better with a one-on-one therapist. But even now, a lot of that is still virtual. Um, I don't know many therapists outside of addiction ther- addiction therapists that have opened up their uh, offices beyond a Zoom conference. Um, but I don't know. Today is just weird. I didn't I didn't plan a guest for today because I just didn't want to deal with just the communication. That feels weird to me. But one thing that has helped me through this, a lot of the stuff that I've brought into this pandemic, I've been trying in my own ways to work on it. Um, one of the projects that I'm working on now that I've been trying to do for a number of years now is write a book. And I noticed in me dealing with certain subject matters within that book, um, it has helped me to. It has helped me to communicate with the individuals involved or call somebody. You know, um, I spoke last week about, on Monday rather, about um, a friend of mine, uh, Jana and I talking. And we've talked, we've talked over the last couple of years, but we, it was obviously something awkward, something different. And neither of us wanted to communicate on an issue. And for me, her reaching out and wanting to resolve the issue and, and reignite our friendship um, was helpful to me because now it doesn't feel awkward talking about it. And I, I use that as an example because with this, I think many of the issues are a lot of us aren't like for me. I had to I had to learn how to get caught up in the factual information of what this pandemic was. The factual information on what the on what the um, election was and is rather, and 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 really understand it from a factual point of view versus us keep writing these posts and people liking it and commenting and it's not based on anything sorry my nose is itching not based on anything that's factual or um or of a legitimate source you know i i used to watch a lot of those blogger youtube channels where they would talk about issues like this and even you know people listening to this show um I'm not a political pundit or a political uh, commentator. Uh, what I am is a person who has a certain beliefs, certain values, certain ideals, and I discuss it from that perspective. And that's what my show is all about. I don't, I, I don't like to label myself a journalist. Um, I do research and I've learned how to do more research because a lot of these, a lot of these websites that we're going to, a lot of these, even the, the legitimate sources, are still biased as to who they believe in. So we can't keep on, um, we can't keep on allowing these sources 
to filter in this information that's not um, accurate, that's not um, We just we just can't do it. I can't do it like that. I can't. Um, I'm just really sensitive about where my information is coming from. And even right now while I'm talking, I'm looking at this list and, you know, I can't get past the fact that I'm a black man in this country and I can walk out my door and I don't even have to walk out my door. Somebody could use my address uh, illegally um, and uh, police come to the door and I come to the door and I'm not as responsive as they need me to be and they think I'm hiding something and they can bum rush my door. You know, I could walk to the store and be mistaken for somebody else. You know, a lot of us are growing our beards out now. We're wearing masks now. Um, and I'm, I'm worried for my safety. I have uh, a lot of uncles um, that are out and about, um, friends, um, mom, sister. You know, I'm, I'm worried about a lot of, I have a niece now that is, she looks like a young lady and not the, my little niece anymore. I'm really worried about us. And it's crazy, the things that we normally worry about, like, being robbed or being, you know, shot by, you know, that's still, all those things are still possible. But I'm more concerned about my interactions with law enforcement. I'm, I'm worried. I'm, I'm worried. I had to go to um, the courthouse a couple of weeks ago, and I was really annoyed at the customer service level um, because they were being very rude, very short, as if they didn't want to do their job. And I came here because of a specific reason and I was finding difficulty. And uh, I was I was really livid in the moment. I was expressive about what I was feeling. And I remember it was an older lady um, that was also there. Uh, and she said, she tapped me on my shoulder and she said, uh, this ain't the place. She said, write a letter, complain, ask for a manager. But please don't go off because there's a lot of what what she said was a lot of trigger um, trigger happy police officers and officers uh, in this building right now that wouldn't mind doing their job um, and don't don't get yourself into that type of trouble right now. And I was listening to her, but my anger was so like hostile, and she was she. I, she was finished, and she made it her point not to leave until I was leaving now. And I didn't realize she had did that, but right now, uh, we're living in a moment where tomorrow isn't promised, 10 minutes from now isn't promised, and we aren't, give, we aren't being given anything of use or of substance to get us through this time period. Um, and I feel um, I, I, there are moments where I just feel useless. I feel uh, useless. I feel um, 
uh, powerless to a situation. And I'm, I've been blessed throughout this where I have a roof over my head, um, I have food on my table, I have clothing on my back, my lights are on, I, I have internet to be able to work. I've, I've been very blessed in those moments where I didn't have to worry about what's in my account right now. Um, I'm not wealthy by any measure, but I haven't had the concerns, but I've been very worried about, you know, um, individuals who I know, who I've met, who I've been able to talk to. Um, and no matter how good you think you have it right now, because your neighbor, your friend, your family member is suffering, that means we're all suffering. Um, because there are a lot of laws that are being that are being passed uh, underhandedly. Um, even if you want to deal with this second round of stimulus checks that we're having now, um, it, it's become a uh, a game for our political leaders in uh, kind of juggling our our life expectancy because of things that they personally want. Um, and it's, it's, it's sad for me and I'm, I'm angry because um, I just feel like as, as black people in this country, our life means nothing. Um, I was speaking with Marnie um, before we started the show and I, I was sharing, you know, I was working at a place when this first started, and my instinct was to quit. And my instinct was to quit because there were already some underlying racial things going on, but I didn't see myself being able to sit on Zoom conferences with them and meet with them and still work with them and, and, and seeing the difference in who we are and continue to have them talk to me as if what I'm feeling is abnormal or out of space or out of context. Um, and I just, I feel, um, to be perfectly honest, there have been moments, like it's not an ongoing feeling for me, but I feel um, outside of myself, I feel um, in a space where I feel like I'm, I have a lack of control, even over my own space. Um, and that's, it's scary to me. It's scary that I feel like we're living out a TV episode right now. If that's what it feels like. Um, and the stress of this is really, um, I see how it's getting to certain people. Um, and I, 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 I would say to everyone, um, please, please find, a, please find time to meditate, pray, um, Find, find that solace within yourself to, um, boom. to declutter your stress. And stress not dealt with turns into depression because it kind of builds up in your system like 
you know, a toxin in your a toxin in your blood. If toxins, too many toxins are in your blood, or too much sugar is in your bloodstream, it, it can affect how you you your body moves or your body works. But your mental capacity does the same thing. If there's too much stuff up there, things that you brought into this pandemic, things that were discovered in this pandemic, things that were brought on by this pandemic. All that stuff is just sitting on you mentally. Depression is surely to come. And I think right now, because we aren't able to live our lives as we normally would, like get up and go to work for many of us. Um, so most of us, some of us are still being able to work from home. Um, some of us are now dealing with um, financial stress that we didn't necessarily uh, have to deal with before. Um, if, you know, I know many people are closing their businesses. Many people are closing their businesses. They worked hard for, for years um, to build, or they just started it and they had to cancel it or close it. As an artist, um, you know, my livelihood was stage management, directing, acting, you know, um, my jewelry, and many of those things, you know, where, you know, if I was a little short this week on the bills, I could plan a couple events, I could, it's, it's hard to do that. Um, and even, even with many of our cities and states starting to open up to full capacity again, it's not safe to do those things. You know, I was just asked to do a show uh, and, you know, now I have to ask the important questions. What are your pandemic procedures? What are your your processes for this? And they didn't have a lot of plans. So I had to, unfortunately, I had to turn it down because I didn't feel like they were really prepared for me. You know, I wasn't going to put myself in harm, danger um, to do so. Um, yeah, I, today was, you know, it's not a heavy day for me. It's just been a lot on my mind and, you know, without, you know, unless Moni, you feel comfortable talking about it, you know, I'm, I'm, every time I'm talking to somebody, that's, that's our conversation, you know, and it really is, um, It is puzzling to me. I'm I'm thinking about the verdict of Breonna Taylor's uh, of that trial, and and it, to me, it wasn't even a trial. Um, but for an officer to be charged with shooting into another apartment and not into Breonna Taylor's apartment, it does something to me. Mentally, like I don't feel safe around white people. You know, uh, I was already starting to feel very unsafe because of this Me Too movement, um, and not because I've done anything wrong, but more so because there's no rhyme or reason. I just got into trouble again on social media because uh, there's a gentleman that is alleged to have been um, spewing this liquid ones to these two young ladies that we know of. Um, and I simply ask, you know, where's the footage of him doing this? You know, there's, there's photo of him, but it is like 
she's interacting with a woman in a grocery store. And I was like, is there video footage of him spraying a substance or doing this? And automatically, you know, all the misogynistic slurs and uh, accusations started coming into my inbox. And I'm like, I just asked a question. Like, at some point, we have to stop trying cases on somebody's social media posts or in the comment section and really designate our ju judiciary system to handling these cases. And if we feel like our system does not, um, has not effectively been uh, fair and just, then we need to then in our political system gain that momentum and that power back. We can't just let this country just be run by people who don't care about the country and care more about their power and what they can gain. Oh, Tania, um, Tania said, what was the question? Tania, right now, it's just, I'm all over the place. Uh, and today is, is more so, with everything that's going on, Tania, um, we're dealing with the pandemic, we're dealing with uh, the, the, the stresses of this pandemic, the stresses of um, our political system, and then topple that with being in a quarantine or being locked down or not being able to have all of our freedoms as we had them before, uh, dealing with mental disorder and just the stress of it. Not even, I'm not even going to say mental disorder, but us dealing with the actual stress of it. I am, um, so the, the topic is this, you know, how we effectively uh, emotionally physically and maybe even spiritually cleansing ourselves and coming up with some type of balance in a moment like this. You know, for me, you know, something as simple as me moving myself out of my bedroom and finding another space in my home to do my radio show and do my Zoom conferences and teach my classes, it has meant a world of a difference because I this is my living room. I, I haven't even been in my living room for these months. I may come in here because it's at the front of the house and look out the window every now and again, but I go right back to my room. Um, so I, I think right now, Tony, it's just, just about, I mean, I think Breonna Taylor's, uh, I'm going to send you the, the link, um, Tiana, because we still have a little bit of time. So if you, you have a moment, I'm gonna um, send you the, the link. Uh, but this is it's just stressful. And I'm trying my best to maintain a level of balance because I, I'm not alone. I have friends I can call on and relationships that I can, you know, lean on. But um, for me, it has really been. Hmm, Just finding moments to deal with it. Uh, I sent you the link, uh, Tonya. But just finding those moments to deal with it. And I think I've handled it a lot better. But me and Marnie were talking about it. I keep saying Marnie. If y'all don't know who Marnie is, Marnie is the owner of Be Exposed Radio. He is kind of in his space because we aren't in our studio space anymore. Um, uh, right now, we are um, doing everything virtually. But um, 
maybe try again if you have Zoom. Is this Zoom? So if you can log into Zoom, you should be able to log in to this. Uh, but yeah, so just explain that. I keep making references to Marnie, but um, that's what I was about to say. But yeah, just just trying to figure out ways to just deal with all of this. You know, we have the Breonna Taylor, but Breonna Taylor isn't the only one. We've been dealing with this for years. Even within this pandemic, we've had at least five or six people that, that have become hashtags. You know, um, I, I, I think I've done a little bit better, but me having to communicate with my friends who have lost relatives, whether it be from COVID or not, but uh, lost relatives throughout this, or have had to deal with um, the stresses of not of losing their jobs, or having to work from home, or having to decide whether or not you go, you know, stay at home with your children because they are now teleworking, telelearning, um, or go back to work. And a lot of people, a lot of parents have had to make tough decisions to stay home because they may not have the money for childcare or they don't have anybody that could watch their child because childcare, even a lot of daycare centers are restricted. So, I don't know. I, I think the stress of this is um, eating away, but I, I would suggest that we find ways to, um, that's not a right one. Yes, that's it. Uh, finding ways to effectively just find that balance. Like for me, a big weight has been lifted off my shoulders, whereas though I'm not doing everything from my bedroom. I'm fixing up another space in my home so my jewelry can now come out of my, my bedroom as well. And um, it's it's weird that we are in this space, but we gotta figure out how to make it work mentally. Um, one another thing that I suggest is not cutting off communication from your family and friends if you can stand to, you know. I, and I'm <laughs> speaking over myself because I really uh, stopped communicating because I wanted to deal with this on my own and and find that comfort. Because for me, I have a lot of comfort uh, in being by myself. Um, I'm, again, I'm not, a, and there's a difference between being alone and being by yourself. If you're feeling alone, reach out to somebody, you know, even if it's on your social media, just, you know, I've, I'm good at this, but I'm also bad at this because I don't do it on a routine basis. Hey, Miss Tony, her audio is coming in. Yes. How's it going? Hey. How are you? I don't know. My phone is like really tripping. I look a little glistening because I was playing basketball. Yeah, okay. I can. A little sweaty, sweaty. Okay, I got you. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> but today, today was just a day I wanted to just deal with the stresses of all of this. We have a lot of topics like the Breonna Taylor incident. Um, I, and I forgot the last gentleman name, which is crazy because we've been saying his name for months now, uh, but his family, this Breonna Taylor's family, 
um, dealing with the pandemic, the health issues, all of this amounts to stress. And some of us are, are a, little bit. A, a lot of us are, are good at admitting that we're stressed. And people like myself, like my, my normal way of relieving stress is to work more. And because work right now is restricted in many different ways, you know, as an artist, I can't just go out there and create the way I want to. I'm not limited to not restrict it altogether, but just the stresses of dealing with this. And for me, I'm, I'm taking steps in my life. Like I'm no longer in my boudoir, as you can clearly see. I've ventured out into another location in my home. Yeah. But some people don't have some, they don't have the solutions. And for me, I was getting comfortable like that. And I didn't want to be comfortable in that way anymore. Um, but <clears throat> I wanted, you know, if I sent you on here, how are you dealing with balancing the stress? Or even when you're talking to other people, how are My you phone is so crazy. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Oh, okay. Because um, my phone going in and out while I'm talking to you. But, um... Well, the good thing is right now, like, you know, I moved to Florida, so you in Florida. I'm with my sibling. Yeah, so I'm with my sibling, I'm with my kids, I'm with my nephew. Be yeah. careful. Yeah. I'm, I'm good. We in a gated community. We good. We, you know, it's, it's vacation home mostly, so only about 25% of the people that live here are, like, only about 25% of the community actually lives here. Okay. Um, okay. Got a little change, a little change. All right. Not me. But, <laughs> but, you know, I think the real issue is right now, during the pandemic and people being um, quarantined to their house or restricted to their homes and just a certain balance. I think the issue right now is that people are in a position where they're forced to deal with things about themselves yeah. and their intimate space that they have never had to deal with. Yeah. And so when you're faced, look, and I think I spoke about this not that long ago, when you're put in a position where you got to look in the mirror at self, you don't have oh. nobody to blame. You don't have no, you know, no fingers to point at anyone. The only fingers you can point is at yourself. I think um, dealing with self and, um, and faults and just seeing yourself mm -hmm. can be like, oh my God, is this really me? And so right. I think that's one of the things that's driving people crazy. I, um, of course, you have cabin fever and those type of things. Then you have the kids, then you have school, then you have work. You have so many things piled up on, um, on itself. So I think that in itself is what's really um, kind of driving people in a certain space. It's so many things that you, so many topics you threw that I want to touch on briefly. Mm -hmm. um, so um, I've been dealing with it. One, I journal a lot. Um, and so that helped me get my thoughts out so they're not so jumbled. And then I'm able to go back and reread those things. And I can come, you know, compartmentalize on paper what's what. Um, so that's, that's the first kind of thing. Um, to help me like air out those issues and whatever else. Um, the second thing is um, my kids keep me pretty busy, especially my oldest mm. son. So he want to play baseball all the time, like dealing with him. And my youngest son is like on 10,000. You know, you can't, you can't. 
Okay. So these ain't those, forever. I'm just letting you know you gotta preserve those knees. Let's say I'm trying, but if if anybody follows me on Facebook, like you can see, I play basketball with my son on and off, and I go ahead and I post it. So I keep open communication, an open line of communication with him very often so that, you know, um, he feel free to talk to me. So that's one of the things um, we do a lot of family time, too. And that's mm-hmm. that's something I think was needed, especially in our community. We kind of lost that space of having family time, eating at the table mm-hmm. together, you know, um, playing board mm-hmm. games like that's been kind of lost in our in our culture. And so I'm. I think that's something that families need to bring back and that would bring great communication between parents and children and even spouses. It's, um, it's a friend of mine works at a animal shelter and uh, he said they have had yeah. such a spike in people going to get animals. And most of the people he says, he just mm-hmm. randomly asks people, you know, who do you, you know, how many people are in the home and stuff like that. And he said, there's a lot of single people that are going out and getting animals. And and because people don't uh-huh. want to be by themselves. And I and I get it, I understand it. Uh-huh. But I, I we have to find healthier ways versus adding on another responsibility to our lives and dealing with this. Because we we're have not a make it. person to to reference you to, and you could probably get her on the show. Her name is Asia Corbett. She's a licensed clinician for John Hopkins University. Um, she's the program coordinator for something called My Support for John Hopkins University's employees. Yeah, um, give me my info, please. Yeah, she's spearheading something. Um, John Hopkins University has this thing where um, they're helping their employees. Um, I think it's called My Support. Um, and teaching them ways to cope during COVID and being quarantined mm-hmm. and working from home. And so she's 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 my therapist. She started off my friend. Well, first my my boss, then my friend, then my <laughs> sister, and she's also my therapist. And okay. so and she's so good at keeping the two divided. Like she's all around awesome. And so she has a um, page also called Read, Reflect, Repeat, where she gives tips and things like that. She hasn't been as active lately because she got married. She just got married like last week. And so she was planning her wedding. But y'all can go on that page and get some really good tips um, from her on journaling and all of that stuff. Um, So really quickly, because I don't know how much time we have, but I want to hit on this Breonna Taylor thing. I have to hit on it. Some people are going to be mad with me. Mm. But it's okay, you know. I I never really care. No, go I tell you. <laughs> so this is the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm never one to go along to get along. Like I like facts. Right. Um, I do right. a lot of reading. I I read racist websites. I read pro black websites. Like I read everything. Mm-hmm. So um, and this is the thing. I don't know if people are really reading a report, the ballistic report. Right. Right. So this is the thing. Shots were fired from in the apartment first. Mm-hmm. From the boyfriend. Right. And he he shot at the police. One shot. And the police shot back. That's a given, right? Now I'm not excusing that they just went shooting up blindly several mm-hmm. different apartments because they did shoot up three separate apartments and several families sued, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm not excusing that, right? But the fact of the matter is, he shot first. He thought somebody was breaking in the house. See the quotation marks. And he shot first, mm-hmm. right? 
But what, but, but explain, but, but, so explain the to... quotation marks, though. Explain so we understand another perspective in this. Because he's saying, allegedly he's saying, no, it's not even allegedly. The, the facts state that he says that he he thought somebody was breaking in the house and that's why he shot first. Mm-hmm. Okay. You don't believe now, that he thought that's I, I did the quotation that? marks because he's saying that's his thought. Now, it's a possibility. Mm-hmm. What well, he used to right. batter in Ram. And so this, this is why I say um, we, we got to play devil's advocate here. He's mm-hmm. a drug dealer. No drug dealer. Drug dealers it's are a, paranoid. Wait, is the boyfriend a drug dealer or was her ex-boyfriend the drug dealer? He was the boyfriend. He wasn't, but he wasn't. He wasn't the one they were looking for. Yeah, that's not the one they was looking okay. for. Okay, so so this other thing. Now we got to look into this person's background because what will make you shoot first? I mean, but, but, but you know what? And my, my whole energy around this is if this was a white resident, we wouldn't be asking these questions. I don't I, know. And I, no, and I because get what you're saying. I would if he shot same, first. But the problem with, the problem with, and I don't know if you've ever had an officer come to your home and with a, with or without a warrant, but I had. And they yeah. didn't have a warrant. All they, all they could say to me was, Somebody used your address, and we need to see if that mm-hmm. person is here. And me, as the homeowner at the time, that person don't live here. I don't know that person. And mm-hmm. it was very truthful information coming from me. The police did not believe that, but they had no other information. Well, I'll say this. Do I believe in no knock warrants? No, I don't. I don't like that at all. Mm-hmm. But the thing of the matter is, he still shot first. That's the concern. And so you we got to understand that. And I don't think it's just the police. Like, if somebody got a gun and somebody shoot, they're going to shoot back. Now, do I think the whole scenario is cool and okay? No, I don't. I Like I said, I don't believe in no knock warrants. But we still got, we cannot skip that fact of he shot first, right? So I'm not giving a pass, though, because shooting up three apartments, like, that's not cool. That means y'all just went totally in. Like, y'all y'all just was going in shooting everywhere. Y'all didn't even have a didn't, real... Didn't know but when they, what, that's what that means. How, if, you have a warrant, if you take the time to get a warrant, then you have done the research, you know, that's where that person lives. Even hi, if hi. it's not there. If you put these three raised. other apartments, that means you didn't know where you were going. No, my- they shot. They shot them all up. So when they were shooting in her apartment, they shot right. in that apartment too. I got my hand raised. So that part I don't excuse. I um, mean, right. I don't agree with. And so that's why I say I don't believe in no knock warrants. But because, and this is the thing, we also got to understand the mentality behind no knock warrants too, right? And so, hello. Yeah, I'm listening. We can. Oh, okay. I got my hand so raised. The so the mentality behind it is that the person that they're looking for is aggressive. So that's why they have that no knock, just go in, boom, ATF, whatever they want to call it. So mm-hmm. that's why I, I feel some type of way about that part. Um, because in their mind, they feel that gives them the right to just go in aggressive and do whatever. And I think right. that's where the faulty part is. <clears throat> I got my but- money. Wait, money, wait, hold on. Money, what was you about to say? I got my okay, so all right, so I, because uh Tony brought up the ballistics report, right? 
Okay. Mm -hmm. So even though he shot first, he was shooting defensively. He shot down. He didn't shoot up, meaning to kill. He shot down where the the gunshot hit hit the uh, officer in the leg. That's one fact. The other fact is, when did it become, if you fear for your safety in your own home, that you are not allowed to shoot? First or second or third or fourth. True. I, I get that. They used a battering ram to enter that apartment, meaning that was a loud enough shock to wake them up out their bed to come and see what was going yes. on with a gun raised. And then there were people in your home, in the dark of your home. Pow mm-hmm. is what's going to happen. I yes, don't understand why, why that would be wrong. That interaction thing. would be wrong. That's what I'm trying to get at. Why would that interaction I- have been wrong? And then after all the witnesses came forward, only one witness said they announced themselves. So this, and they this changed is what that I say. story. They said that they announced themselves in a no-knock warrant. You don't have to. You don't announce yeah, yourself. You don't Why would you do so that? Else. You but, already done because you're alerting the suspect if you're announcing yourself but, with a no-knock this warrant. Is, this is my other thing. And, and plus, I understand that, but usually when they say you don't announce yourself and you ain't say nothing, at some point or another, they got to say something. But mm-hmm. but this this is where I, I, I totally get what you're saying, mm-hmm. Moni. I totally understand, right? But this is the thing. We got to look at this person's background, too. What person? They didn't know who they were after. That's what I'm saying. They came to someone's apartment that wasn't that person's apartment. Yeah, even if, if she so, boyfriend was a... But look at it this way, too. They wasn't looking for him. What if Brianna had moved and that was her last known address and the new, occupant, uh, the new occupant of that address would have been there and he would have did the shooting? Would that shot not have been justified? They they gonna give him a pass either way. They they gonna give him a pass. They gonna give him a pass either way. Do I believe um it was overkill? I do believe it was overkill. That I do, and I that's the thing that points to me why they should be charged. Mm -hmm. It was overkill. Period. Point blank. Um, and it was blatant. How they killed her was blatant. Like Mm -hmm. that was just. That I can't find nothing for, but for me, for the facts that I read so far, but I'm glad y'all cleared that cleared that up for mm-hmm. me because from my understanding, it was they was looking for him, and that's why they went in there. They were and then one for- other thing, one other thing, just to clear up something else too. Even from the ballistics report too, they mm-hmm. then they marked the ballistic report with undetermined with the with mm-hmm. with the the, the bullet. Right. But then the, okay. the um, it was a, a few of them that didn't yeah. mark undetermined. Right. Yeah. And the um but the um what's his name? I'm sorry, the attorney general, the state's attorney, whoever the one that did the announcement. Okay. He so said it was the 40 caliber gun and not the nine millimeters that the officers carried, which which makes me suspect on him. So they're trying to say that the boyfriend killed her. Not- right. oh, no, it. no, they're saying that the boyfriend no, relating to the shot being fired first. They're saying oh, okay. that the one that the bullet that entered the cop's leg was un, uh, undetermined. So they don't know if it could have been the man from outside so that, that shot somebody him. Somebody from somebody with them. Right. It, or it could have been the man that was shooting through the curtains. It could have been the officer not, that was shooting through the curtains that shot him. They don't they're know. They're not going to release that, though. Right. Exactly, my point exactly. That. It's a lot of cover up going on in me. And that's, well, that's what her, her the attorney for their family crumb. is wanting it to be exposed. Like he spoke on The View the other day and that's where that's his perspective. He wants this to be uh, because this didn't even go to a trial format. Like It, it, was it just really the grand wasn't jury. even a trial. It was just where, the grand jury. 
this is where my other issue come in, right? And I don't, I hope nobody get offended in this. No one's gonna but... get offended. Go ahead, say what you gotta say. Everybody, <laughs> you go ahead. We understand. We understand. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> but um, the thing is, this this is my other issue with it. With the whole thing aside, um, I I watched how when the George Floyd thing happened and thousands shut down 83, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, this, this is, and this is outside of this. This is just about Baltimore period. Right. Um, that one moment made me so proud, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a lot of young people, a lot, a lot of young people. And it was peaceful. It wasn't a bunch of drama. And so my question came in of why does it take somebody outside of Baltimore when this happens on a regular in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that's, that's, a good my, point. that's my next concern. I feel like we got to do better here. That one moment showed me that we had so much more power um, in Baltimore not, than what we can even acknowledge. Wait, again, we live in a generation where uh, even somebody's death has to get a certain amount of lights for but it's not even that. It's, it's not even that though. It, it is a combination of that too. Sure. What you said, Nate. But it's also that stop snitch that 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 stop snitching mentality has not mm-hmm. been erased here in Baltimore. People are not saying that, but people know a lot and are not talking. Right. And but they even, all all those people are the same people that are complaining it's... about the crime. <laughs> and it it happens, and and that's that's the other half of what what I'm saying. Like the, it's many different factors into what goes on. We hear about stuff like Breonna Taylor that happens in other cities. We mm-hmm. don't necessarily hear about all of the police deaths mm-hmm. that happen here in that way because most of them are, are attached to somebody who did something criminally. Mm-hmm. So people's mouths are shut automatically because they know what yeah. happened and they don't want to get themselves in trouble or somebody else in trouble. And it's, it's I hate it. That whole snap, stop snitching bullcrap, I hate it. I, I, I absolutely hate it. Even the person who originated is in somebody jail right now. <laughs> like it, it, it just it doesn't make sense to me. It makes no, and it, it only people only care about it when it's not on your front door. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I have to be, you know, a person like that until I found my grandmother hog tied on the floor. I didn't really look into much of what was going on in other people's families when it's when somebody was killed like that, mm-hmm. because it was just something that happened. And until it's at your front door, that's when people will start caring about it. We see the that's same thing with the pandemic and everything. We no longer have the mindset of village, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so when when you when you break down the mentality of village, you know. Um, and, and this is crazy that we we hit in here because I had this conversation with my dad because back in the day, my dad was still very old school. So if the neighbor came and told him something and the neighbor whipped us, then my dad came home and whipped us. And then it was a whole conversation like um, we no longer had that mindset of I see your child doing down the street breaking windows and something. And then if I say something to your child, now you want to come fight me. Don't say nothing to my child. Well, because mm-hmm. I mean, in that's many interesting cases, because the parent is a child. The and, but that's interesting because we were, we, us, us three were the last generation of that. 
what you just yeah. said. Yeah. We were the last generation of that. And we changed. So we got to be the ones to say we changed that from right. we changed that to it's only us. This is us. We're in this. Yeah. We're in this cul-de-sac is well, not. Well, a lot, a lot of people started having children, and it became their property. Mm-hmm. At some point, children mm-hmm. became the property of their parents, and I think that it, it hasn't always been. It, it's always been like that. But the idea of this is my seed, mm-hmm. you know, and and uh, I've just watched an interview with Taraji B Henson, and she said simply, every generation of parents tried to help their children not go through what they went through. Mm-hmm. Will give them what they didn't have, and in this generation, we instead of us giving our children education, we gave them Jordans and PlayStation. Mm. And the idea that I'm my child's confidant and friend kind of muddy things up. And then you have a lot yeah, of play that. a lot more families where it's a broken. So there's no sense of community where when something happens, we all address it. You know, well, let's say this again. Go ahead. I said this before. Mm-hmm. I feel like when we pushed black women to be headships, because we are emotional, a lot of faultiness came in. And but then I'll, not only I'll, that, I'll question but that. I'll the question system in itself. Were women pushed to do that, or did women decide to stand up and forgot? Okay, we need this whole unit. We can't yes. just be me and myself so and I. The the mindset. Then you had some of the young mothers who had children. Mm-hmm. And was like, you know, then their children had children. So you got a daughter that's 15 with a baby, a mother that's 30, you know, mm-hmm. with a 15-year-old daughter. Like, and and all of them talk about if that nigga don't want to be around, he don't gotta be around. You don't need him. So mm-hmm. you create this generational brokenness of mm-hmm. um feeling like it doesn't need to be a two-parent home. That well, that interesting enough, though, so poverty had a lot to do with that too. The poverty. It it, it kind of split families well, too because you can't have that man in your house you if you can't have a man if you want to have food stamps. You know, so the men was hiding their shoes and mm-hmm. in the closet, right? Because you couldn't have this. But it started that way. But then it really got to the point where a lot of women didn't want the men in the house for what? Oh, you ain't bringing nothing in. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. You know, see, my mindset with it all is different, and it's probably because I seen white women through the system, and mm. they do it totally different. I seen. And I hate this. I mean, it is what it is. I seen white women go on child, go in on welfare, mm-hmm. go to school, come out as RNs and doctors. I know some. I know some. I'm not saying this mm-hmm. by like I've seen this. Mm-hmm. And now you can have a man in the home, but it's like a lot of different things you got to go through. They man in the house. They go to school. The man go to school. They get these degrees, and then they come out. And they offer welfare. Like they navigate the system. I think it's important as we begin to paint the narrative that we we do understand that this is not typical for everybody, but it is a vast majority of people that this is truthful for. And we have to understand it because when we look at the Jewish community, if you go to a social service uh agency and you see a Jewish get family it all. there, they're there together. It's not just the mother, it's the family that's there. So our decision to allow the system to separate us was on us. I'm going to add a little little light into this real quick. Um, Just just based on that social services thing. Because, Uh you know, I I, I was going to add a little lightness to that based on the social services thing. Because a lot of it, too, has to do with 
<laughs> the attitude that you receive in the black community from social services. It, mm -hmm. It's that attitude that will upset your whole entire life while you're in the process of trying to apply for food stamps. When you go sit down in front of one of them people and they, their attitudes is like, oh, I don't care what you need. Okay, uh, you're approved. You can go. But they're not, you're a social yeah. worker. You're supposed to help me beyond this. Right. And but yeah. you the and buck always stops at once you get your food stamps and your money, we're done with you. And we'll mm -hmm. see you in six months for your research. Not yeah. but we'll at the see same you. time, you gotta have your own mind to want I agree. what's the what what the boundaries have what has been given to you. I completely you know? agree with you. I'm just saying, but yeah. the, the service what, what, turns you off when you all face with attitude. Yeah, but we, we have to, but again, we have to understand if you didn't, if many of us got that and then something happened along the way where it we needed certain types of help and we went and got it. Mm -hmm. But a lot of these young people now, they didn't get that foundation at all. Mm -hmm. So yeah. all they know is I got to get over to get by. Mm -hmm. And the yeah. hustle, the hustle becomes the everyday lifestyle versus you know, figuring out the problem and working towards it and struggling until you get to the solution. Versus I gotta I gotta figure out how to get to, you know, my better self and then I gotta hustle the system. You know, look at all the fraud that's happening around, you know, the unemployment right now. Or, you know, it, it, a lot of this is stuff that we gotta fix. We gotta figure out a way to get us ourselves out of it and work through it. Um, and pointing fingers is the wrong solution. Yeah. You know, we need some sustainable solutions to get ourselves out of a space where we feel powerless. One of them, I think one of the strongest moments uh -huh. for me was before Obama was elected, I realized that we actually determined the electoral college. And prior to that, I, I may have learned it. But it was is the electoral college was we we learned about it in school, but we were never told that we choose them. We are all, I think most of us thought it was this this group of committee people, you know, that were already in office that decide the president. Most of us did not realize that we chose it, and something that significant turned my whole mindset around. So when Obama did run the first time. I, that's why I felt so empowered. It had nothing to do with, you know, him being just a black man. But I felt like I did my due diligence in voting in people who I knew would select him as president. Mm -hmm. And I, I think most of us, we don't understand the political system. We don't we don't understand anything beyond a Facebook post. We, we just, it, 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 if it's not in a condensed 30 second clip, even 30 seconds is too long for people's attention span right now. And we gotta we gotta work our way to just being better and just understanding a lot better. But um as we're closing out, I thank you. Uh I'm I'm gonna have to so we're gonna have to set a date right now for you to come on here from the beginning. So we're not getting you halfway through the process. Uh but my bad, because I wasn't fully in, you know. <laughs> but, 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 your, but your understanding of the other side of the puzzle is very important because you're reading other aspects. And we're supposed yeah. to read all this stuff and gather all this knowledge 
so we can make sound decisions. Mm -hmm. What we're reading is not the decision. What we're reading is the end of information that helps us to make a decision. And we got to start reading these websites and these posts and creating an ideology based off of somebody else's lack of information. We have and you to need to know how, how the, the creators of the system think. Yes. So, and it's not. Well, and, I do and, have to go because my boyfriend is down here. So. <laughs> well, be safe down there. I just, like, got, I just got the news that you all are open 100% now. So please be safe down there because them white people in Florida don't care about you. Sorry. Thanks. Not sorry. Be safe and ride into your gated community like it's yours. <laughs> Period. All of that. Period. That. All of that. But I'm going to message you and we're going to set a date and time so you can come on and express yourself fully. Um, but I'm with it. Oh, yeah. Ooh, them, them swamps is killing your <laughs> that swamp life is killing your reception, baby. That that them swamps. Hey, first, you gotta come on mine as well. I mean, give me a time of day. But... I mean, we we all fancy in our own way. Nobody, nobody is hot like VXR, but I get it. I understand it. <laughs> all right, with that. I humbly digress, <laughs> and I'm out. See y'all. <laughs> All right, see, see you later. But just, just I guess in closing, um, I, I don't. Today's show was just, just where my emotions are, and it feels like it, it, it was all over the place. But I think a lot of people are internalizing it more, and we have to find ways, even if you just. You know, say something to somebody. Say it. Say it out loud. You know, express it. If you tell a friend, it's no longer in your mind. It no longer affects you. We're still going to be living within a pandemic. We still are going to be fighting to get Trump out of office. You know, we're still dealing with, you know, financial, educational, all those things. But get the get the worriness out of you. So you're not ordering great cookies. And shit like that. Um, we don't have uh, we don't have cocktail social tonight. They'll be back next week. Um, I don't. It's, it is what it is coming on. Nope, not tonight. Not tonight. So it's just me. <laughs> so the next show up is me. I'll be back on Monday. Um, I have a special guest, Miss Nene Kanita Phillips, a good friend of mine, and we have a number of artists that are coming up in the next couple of weeks. Um, because uh, a lot of people have been affected by this and I've been talking to a lot of people about these things um, and all of them are going to give you their solution to how they're dealing with it. Um, be safe out there. Stay protected. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. All those great things. Um, talk to people. Like, even if you don't like somebody, just call them up. Somebody on Facebook. I was talking to a childhood crush today. Just not even in that fashion, not even thinking about anything beyond that, but just communicating with people. I think I've reached out to maybe five or six people just today alone. Just communicate. You have close to 5,000 people on your friend list on social media. Somebody will want to talk to you and just get that moment out where you're not inside your head, 
and you're not overthinking and you're not stressing yourself out because depression is real. And when you're by stress can affect your health, your physical health. But when you get to a moment of stress, you are, I mean, depression, you are now interrupting important functions in your body. And, and depression can shut you down. Mentally, you have more power over your body than anything. Like you really do. And depression and stress. And 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 I'ma say this and I'm be out. Depression is normal. Depression is your body's way of getting out and cleaning out and doing its own form of spring cleaning. You know, you really don't even have to do anything for it to happen. And often because you haven't done anything is why it's happening. So try to try to get rid of the stress as it comes and don't let it build up in your system because depression will often sit you down and keep you from performing major functions in your life, like working, going to school, hanging out with people. And being as though we're in a pandemic, it will all match up. You know, so I had to get up out of what that funk that I was in because I live alone, you know, and I have people that check on me, but I don't want anybody to find me. And I've tried to commit suicide or I've, you know, did something stupid like overdosed on pain medication or something. But Figure out what is wrong, what is triggering you, what is what's causing, because often there are triggers that will lead to depression. And because it wakes up those stress, that stress that we let live inside of us. And I'm not a medical doctor, but I've gone through depression before and it's not fun. It, it often keeps you from going out. And for me, I used to get sick every August and every January. And it was when I was in college. And it, I would literally stay in the house for the whole month leading up to me having to go register for class. And mentally, for some reason, I guess it was a change of the season, I would go through seasonal depression twice a year. And it was like clockwork. I could almost, I would get deathly sick for, out of nowhere, and it would affect how I was able to live my life. And don't let it get to you to that point. You know, I became very functional in that, and you don't want to become functional and depressed at the same time. So I'll say this to you, you know, there are plenty of people to call, you know, if it's nothing, then you just sparking up a conversation with an old friend or on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, do so and eventually tell somebody what the problem is. You know, seek out help. There are plenty of free and available sources right now to helping you. And speaking of sources, uh, go to mygood.org uh, we all know the singer Macy Gray. She started this organization to help the families that like Breonna Taylor's family. Uh, and many of them don't get awarded a $12 million settlement. settlement. Um, many of them have to deal with this as it comes. And her organization is helping them with their uh, court costs, with rebuilding their lives. Many of them have their children and families behind and helping them to kind of uh, transition into being without that person in their life. So definitely go to my, my good, my G O O D dot org and read up on it and donate if you can. It's a really great, phenomenal uh, uh, website I just came across. And Macy Gray actually founded it, founded it. Uh, and I've already started some support and trying to reach out and see how I can be of assistance. But again, this has been the Artist Exchange Radio Show only on BigSposeRadio.com every Monday and Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time.
tune in. Subscribe to our YouTube page. Like us on Facebook. All that jazz. Peace out. Are we done? Are we finished? You are to reflect on the fact that this person, where did they show me signs that I could not trust them with?